comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Whiplash. Whip it. Whip it good. Whip it. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hola, amigos! Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, dive into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 169. That's pretty close to 200. Again, we're moving closer. I mean, if, it, if we were talking about John Wick, we could be like, 69, dude! Like Bill and Ted. This week we are talking about Whiplash. Yes. Uh, Whiplash, the uh, the film with Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, a thriller about jazz school. I I guess it is a thriller. I mean, you know, when I think of a thriller, I think of some guy in the back seat and some trucker blinking his lights. But yeah, I guess you know, that's it's pretty what you think, you think of thriller. Or or Michael Jackson. That's what I think. <laughs> that or like Hannibal Lecter, one of those two. They both are Hannibal, great dancers. Uh, oh, Hannibal Lecter. Yes, exactly. I was remembering the dance sequence in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Right. It's it's pretty elaborate. The choreographed one. Not not Buffalo Bill. Joining us to talk Whiplash, we have, from Fast Film Reviews, providing his best double-time swing, it's Mark Hoban. Hi, everyone. And from The Examiner, he types his reviews until his hands bleed, it's Marcus Robinson. <laughs> hey. That's not a that's not a pretty picture. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets the job done. <laughs> I like that one. That was, that was a good intro. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good. Really good. Good. Glad to have you back, both of you. Always glad to have you guys on. Um, let's see, before we get underway with things, let's get to some show notes stuff here. Um, horror, our horror bonus episodes, we've been doing them all month, they've been a lot of fun with myself, Brandon Peters, Jimmy O from Joe Blow, and Jason Coleman from Star Pulse, and, um, you know, we've been covering horror throughout the decades, and it's been very enjoyable, and we are coming close to the end here, we only have one left where we talk about the 90s up until the 2000s, but you can the find aughts. all the, yeah, the aughts, you can find all the other episodes, though, on iTunes and everywhere you can find our show talking about the 80s and horror, 70s and horror, and so forth. Um, and with that, we have had a contest for the past few weeks that's been open till the end of the month where uh, you can enter in at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your favorite horror movies from each decade, as in, right, like the 20s and write your favorite one from that, 30s, from favorite one from that, and so on and so forth up until now. Um, if you send a said list, we'll enter, you into a raffle, we'll enter all the entries into a raffle, and the winner will get a giant horror Blu-ray package. And uh, yeah, I got quite a few here. So Ship to their home for free? Ship to their home for free. That's part of the contest. Yes. Yeah, no one has to send me postage. <laughs> yeah, or, or like, drive all the way to Southern California. Yeah, yeah that's not necessary. Uh, but, yeah, should be a fun contest. Really easy to enter. Just go for it. Out now, podcast at gmail.com. That's the email you can write us in at. Um, also, we have a new commentary. We do a commentary every month, and we just released this our latest one. It is a commentary for Escape from New York, 
with uh, friends, friends of the show, Brandon Peters and Jim Dietz. It happens to be Jim Dietz's, one of Jim Dietz's favorite movies of all time, which is why it was very extra special to do it for him on his birthday, no less, recording that commentary track. Happy birthday, Jim! So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's out now as well. And uh, lastly, iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out our show. Helps other people find our show. If you just log on to iTunes, possibly search out now for and Abe and write a quick review, maybe add a little rating or so. And, uh, yeah, it would uh, pump up the... Uh, the intake on our show, I would say. Or so. pump up the jams. Or pump up the volume. Pump up the volume is a good one, too. There you go. Pump, pump, pump it up. Oh, we're not going with that? Okay. I, I was letting you go. Oh, all right. Uh, the all stage right. is yours. Yeah. <laughs> stage right. Okay, that was a thriller. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's get to know everybody. Where Abe and I have one question to ask uh, to everybody on the panel here each. And, uh, you know, better set the tone for the podcast and better get to... No, everybody. everybody. It's pretty good. Oh, not bad. I like. I like. I like. <laughs> you the pause like for five seconds yeah. before you say it. It helps. <laughs> All right. Solid. Yeah. That was good. Hey, you want to start this one off? Sure. Okay. You guys are in a prestigious music school, and you guys are either going to work in the cafeteria or work as in the library. Where would you guys rather work? This is like student. You know, student position. The library. Not cleaning wow. up some guy's mess. Okay. You can wow. practice your drumming on, on the pots and pans. I can practice my drumming on books. It's quieter. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm not uh, disturbing? People, because it's books and not pots and pans. <laughs> valid point, sir. <laughs> You've thought through this one already, I can tell. Yeah, it took me a whopping two seconds. <laughs> yeah, I, I would pick the library. That No question. I'll go the other one. You would go with the kitchen. All right. Take yes. <laughs> your, your work study position in the kitchen as mm. at this prestigious music school. I like ba- it. Based on uh, the Simpsons and Lunch Lady Doris's job, I don't think I'd want to <laughs> in- be Horses involved. With the cow hearts. How long? Just, wait, wait, wait. How it long am I working like much in fun. the kitchen? What? It's not a lifetime position, is it? No, yeah. No, 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 no. You're just, you're just. It's just your, it's just your college job for like a semester or two. Yeah, Mark. I mean, a, they, Mark makes a good point though. I don't want to serve Millhouse to people. Yeah, and and they serve things like they serve things like Malk, M A L K, you know, yes. and like and rat milk. Yeah, that was disgusting. <laughs> they find the closet. It's just like they're milking a bunch of rats. My ba- yeah, I, I missed the uh, the Simpsons marathon, so I don't know what you know. <laughs> I the um. The milking the rats one. I love, like Homer comes in and he like he like takes it away from Bart and Lisa, and then Millhouse is oh, like, "Can I drink?" And he's like, "Go ahead." <laughs> gives all <laughs> no nuts. Just <laughs> regard. Yeah. My question: Have you ever have you guys ever given up something for a while only to come back to it later, like a, a talent or a hobby or even some kind of food even or something? He's hmm. like, "I'm gonna stop this," and then you like came back to it later. I'm gonna stop that. Yeah. Uh, Crystal meth. <laughs> I give that one up for good. Uh, <laughs> He's still, on, still on it. Yeah. <laughs> Panda, you gave up Panda Express for a while? Well, I was like, oh, you know, Panda Express is pretty gross. But then I was like, I'm kind of <laughs> hungry today. And that mushroom chicken, not bad. Yeah, that was mine. Oh, that was yours? Yeah. You both give up Panda Express. When they brought in the bacon, I was like, ah, it's just too much. I'm, I'm off it. But then the next day I went back, so. The next day. <laughs> the next day. Right. It's a lot of control. Yeah. <laughs> after, after he wrote a, a manuscript about it, I wasn't going to Exactly. I want to read this story in the examiner, Marcus. <laughs> Mark, you got anything? 
I mean, like, during Lent, I give up things like soda and fast food and stuff like that, so... But I don't, you know. But I come back to it, so that's better than Marcus's one day excursion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, it's, okay, okay. Yeah. I gave up, it's uh, 40, 40 days that I give it up. I gave up watching Adam Sandler movies for a little bit, but then but you came crawling back. What, what, yeah. What you, oh, but you went back to it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean I Bronx liked it. Two was just too good. <laughs> it was too much to resist. I mean, he there's Jack and Jill couldn't resist. Yeah. <laughs> He I played both parts. He was great. Uh, you know, he wasn't. I'm playing the voice of the audience. I I don't think the audience had that voice. All right, so that was no, no everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Seamless. Yes, that <laughs> nobody can tell. No one can tell nothing because nothing happened. That was the yeah. key there. Let's move on now. Let's get out of quickies. TM. <clears throat> Each week and out now, we have one main movie that we talk about, but we also have other movies that we see during the week. That's why we're going to go out of quickies. TM. All right. I got that one. You, I was happy with dude, that. you get it like every week. Come on, pretty. Come uh, on. It's a pretty good batting average, I'd say. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, like batting like one, right? Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? No, but I finished Breaking Bad finally. Oh yeah, what? I was I was I was enjoying your uh, <laughs> my rants. Your your um, you, you seemed like the obnoxious jerk that sits in the middle of the theater and just yells things. That 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 that, that, par- that parody time. that parody Twitter account you made was really uh, effective. That's, on that that's my pastime actually. I just go to movie theaters and I just sit in the middle, right in the middle, and I'm like the rat in Wayside Stories from Sideways School. Sideways Stories <laughs> from Wayside School. I can't oh. remember the name of the title. It's the rat that just says mean things. What, what are you referencing? <laughs> so anyways, you saw Breaking Bad? Yeah, the Lewis Sackar book from like fourth grade. Okay. Anyway, wow. yeah, I finished Breaking Bad, and you can read about it in my Twitter account. It'd be hard to discern. <laughs> hard to discern the Twitter account? No, just because it's just you yelling, writing! And that's like, yeah, oh. yeah. All I can say is uh, I enjoyed uh, some aspects of it. I, I didn't enjoy all aspects of it. And I do think that there's going to be some change in the way people view Breaking Bad maybe in a decade. Okay. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Why? Probably on the, on the not-so-polished not so side. It's like, oh, well, maybe we were wrong about this. Uh... Yeah. Like, the last few episodes were super intense, and I think that kind of kicks things up. But you can't forgive the rest of the the seasons, and I'm not saying that it's like a like a poor season. I'm saying that I didn't agree with a lot of or some of the uh, some of the way that the characters are developed, some of the way that the storyline goes. Wait, what was that rap book you were talking about before? Uh, Sideways Stories from Wayside School. Just kidding. <laughs> You're just <laughs> kidding. It is sideways search from Wayside School. That's just Marcus losing interest in your thoughts on Breaking Bad. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Marcus. It doesn't, it doesn't come across well on uh, on Skype. So. I thought we were friends. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I hated I Breaking Bad too. Yeah, I hate. Did you really? No. 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 He's, like, with the, he's with the rest of us. Yeah, he's like with the ninety nine percent. Marcus, have you seen any other movies this week or recently that you'd want to bring up? Um, uh, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Uh, I saw Ouija. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, there's like this old joke about production companies coming up with the title before, like, the story. Mm-hmm. That's what this is, basically. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's basically a bunch of, like, 20 somethings playing teenagers, <laughs> and they think it's a good idea to go play on a Ouija board after their friend. 
dies from playing on a Ouija board. And then there's some like Final Destination stuff that we have to sit through, but it's not even exciting in a nope. Final Destination way. There's no cool killings or anything. They're just they just die. I'm I'm not giving anything away really. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, when the the like uh, I guess the rules of the Ouija, the paranormal Ouija motivations or whatever this thing is that's coming for these kids finally is revealed it's so confusing that i actually felt really dumb for trying to follow this movie <laughs> and yeah, there's, a, there's a ton of plot well, holes in well, you tried. So, you tried huh? marcus at least you i tried, tried i but i felt it. dumb like i was like why am i still i'm an hour into this why am i still trying to figure out why people are dying in weird ways why stuff happens in the house sometimes and it doesn't happen other you know it it was ridiculous. But it does have the woman from Insidious, the old lady. Yeah, oh, she's, in, she's in two scenes, and she's really – she knows what movie this is. She knows what kind of movie this is, and she really kind of sells it. But she's only in two scenes. And there's one scene at the end, which is kind of scary, that has, like, some kind of monster running through a vent. <laughs> and if I spoiled anything, then whatever. You don't need to see this movie anyway. <laughs> Because it's it's a scary movie with one scare. And you mean it's, a it's, it's scary? Oh. It's a scary movie with one scare. Okay. Well, it's not like you need me to tell you that. I it's didn't want to know that. I thought it was a wholesome board game movie. It's a comedy. I, uh, it, yeah, kind like, this, it kind of is. It kind of is a comedy. It's not even a comedy. This is kind of that. Oh, I was going to say, this is the Hasbro trilogy. The first part was – can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If this is the Hasbro trilogy, this is the worst one. That's how bad this is. Oh, okay. Bad. Yeah, I was gonna say that Battleship, Ouija, and then Candyland is coming up. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Yeah, we'll get Candyland in there. Sounds great. Yeah, that, that that's basically it. It was a money grab. Yeah, I saw. So this, if you're gonna go see it, you know. I, I saw I saw it at a press screening, and it became a comedy about halfway in because there was a lot of laughter throughout the audience. Which it was. was <laughs> Like, okay, a campy movie is a campy movie. I get it. Oh, you know, it's not, whatever. Oh, it's not but this campy. is not even campy. This no. is boring. Nothing happens. It tries. And, it's not, yeah, it's not campy. <laughs> and when you and when somebody is about to get get it, right? In the final dissemination movie, oh, why are they going to get oh, oh, what's going to actually kill them? What, you know, whatever. But this is like, oh, there's like a 5-minute setup to some lame killing and you can see it coming a mile away and <laughs> you know, if you went to the bathroom and came back, you couldn't differentiate what killing you had just seen or what killing was about to happen. It just whatever. Marcus, so that's my bad for trying to decipher this movie. But yeah, Marcus, what was it about Ouija that made you want to see it? Okay. Well, it's getting close to Halloween. And I would been kind of disappointed with Annabelle. Well, yeah, just to say, kind of, kind of, yeah, <laughs> it was just bad. And so I was like, okay, well, Ouija it looks bad, but maybe it's campy fun. Maybe they get it. Maybe they were like, okay, we have this really two second premise, and we're gonna just milk it for all it's worth. I mean, they just, do to an extent. I mean, they're they're constantly they playing Ouija. <laughs> they're constantly they, using that well, word. If it was if it was a movie directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, then it'd be like, yeah, this is gonna be a funny Ouija movie. Maybe I I thought it, I don't know I I kind of felt when I okay so when I saw the trailers for like Cabin in the Woods or something I was like ah well you know eh, eh, and then I went in there and I was pleasantly surprised so I was just like I didn't think this was gonna be Cabin in the Woods but I thought this was gonna be something this is like not this is like me okay basically I just watched this. <laughs> 
Like that was well, all was I did. Something. I just watched it. I was watching something, and for a good hour and a half, there was something going on, but I couldn't tell you what. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was you experimenting. Should something. You should blame it on your boss. Just be like, "Oh, my boss told me to go see it and do a write-up." Oh, there okay. There we go. That's what I'll say. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. All right. Mark, have you seen any other movies this week? So after uh, Whiplash, I did see two movies. Um, I saw St. Vincent, which is Bill Murray's new comedy, and I really enjoyed it, actually. I, I thought it was kind of a return to his roots. It was sort of more of a – well, first of all, he's the star of the film, which he hasn't really been in a long time. And uh, – it was it was funny. I thought it was. I mean, it was. It had a lot of heart, and it it was likable, and I, I thought it was a pretty enjoyable film. So I, I enjoyed it. And then after that, I also saw Birdman, which is uh, Michael Keaton's uh, film, um, where he stars in it about this aging actor that used to be a superhero in the films and now wants to mount a Broadway show. And I thought it was phenomenal. There's been a lot of buzz about the film, so I, I do suspect that it's going to get a lot of acclaim um, in the next couple months uh, and definitely it's a, an Oscar contender but uh, like yeah something definitely Oscar? is it like in the front or is it like front running kind of thing front running Oscar yeah I think it's certainly yeah it certainly has a kind of acclaim that could put it into into the race as a, a major contender I would say at this time. I, I'd say it's probably going to get a lot of nominations i mean it's, it's probably i mean i would say picture actor supporting actor Ed- editing um, cinematography cin- cinematography that, that's actually one of the things about the film that's really makes it kind of it's very cinematic and uh one of the things that makes it so sort of uh, sort of a joy to watch is the fact that it's made to look like it was all filmed in one take you know, I'm looking back at Bill Murray's roles, and it looks like Broken Flowers is like the last time he like led a movie. And wow. when was the last? What would you say is the last time that he led a movie where I, it was a comedy? I guess there's Hyde Park on Hudson, but that's not a comedy. Uh, um, Bro- Broken Flowers or Life Aquatic, I guess would be that's right before it. I mean, those, yeah. those, those would be wow. the, Life Aquatic would be the closest to it, and I I consider that a comedy. It certainly has other See, things I, I, going on, but yeah, but I would say that's sort of a you think. I mean, he's sort of the it's an ensemble kind of thing. But I, I mean, it's called Life Aquatic of Steve Zissou, and he's the Zissou. Steve. <laughs> yeah. uh, he does get like, the last shot. Yeah, I mean, uh, traditional like comedy he led, the man who knew too little apparently. <laughs> like the or, last one. What about Rushmore? Rushmore. I mean, he's not the lead. He's not the lead. Uh, feels like the ensemble too. Yeah. I mean, uh, Max Fisher's the it's lead. About Max that, Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Zissou is more the lead than Rushmore. But like in terms of like pure comedy that he's leading, the man who knew too little apparently is like the last time he was like the fact like definitely the lead of a movie and it was a comedy. Right. That was an out and out comedy for sure. So he's yeah. he's definitely the lead in this movie. He's not. Any kind of side, no, no. Code, he's he's a star, Saint Vincent, oh, wow. which I agree, Mark. I I like I like it. Um, I think I think Murray's the best thing about it, but I also appreciate Melissa McCarthy and Naomi Watts in there, and and the kid. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the only reason why somebody might rail against it is because it is kind of cliche, you know, cliche. Yeah. yeah. Well, when Aaron told me that there was like a, a Russian mob element to it, I was like, what? Now I kind of don't want to see that as much. Well, Naomi Watts plays a pregnant Russian stripper who's pregnant while she's stripping. Yeah. That's not, that's not cliche. That's awesome. Well, that's no, 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 no. Not, not the stripper part. No, you may talk about the, the Terrence Howard loan shark. Oh, yeah. God, that part was so forgettable. I don't even know why that was in there. To, to, that's to, what to I'm get saying. To get the character from one place to another. That's the entire reason. 
Um, I, I can't limit mine to just – well, Mark had two, too. So I can't limit mine to just two because I've what? seen two things this week um, that I feel like I need to mention. The first is John Wick, um, which none of you guys have seen yet, but I certainly would recommend it because it is a, a super ton of fun. John Wick is the new Keanu Reeves action film, him joining the ranks of Liam Neeson and Denzel Washington of you know kicking ass at an older age lately. Because kind of, kind of Reeves, despite not looking at, he is fifty years old. He's fifty, wow. yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's uh, John Wick is is pretty fantastic. What I like about it, beyond just like the action being you know well choreographed and whatnot, the the film creates like a world. Like it's it exists in this world of like hitmen, and it's very stylish. And it's you get these little details of things about how these people operate, and it's just the kind of thing where. I was I was already impressed with the action stuff, and I thought Reeves was doing a good job. But then you have all these little other elements, like a hotel where hit, all these hitmen like stay, where it's like also a sanctuary where they're not supposed to fight each other. And there's just little details like that, and like the very strong They've cast. Got rules. Yeah, they have. There's like a code, and there's yeah. just these little like things. There's these little things that kind of make it better than it could be, given what given how like simple the story is, where Keanu is just you know something bad happens to him and he wants to get revenge. Like there's better than it could be. Better than it, better than it, better than it should be, given ah, given okay. what that plot is. And with that said, I like it more than Taken. Like I like it more than than, than Taken, uh, the first Taken. The let first alone, one? Okay. Let alone grenade throwing Taken Two. Well, yeah, that, and let alone <laughs> like the Equalizer, which I didn't like at all. Like this is like the, the best one of those of recent mm. time. So, yeah, John Wick. The other movie, the other film I saw is Dear White People, a satire uh, set at a at a, a college, an Ivy League campus, which. It features a features a number of characters that are you know plaque um, that are involved <laughs> involved in various ways with this kind of event that takes place um, involving a party that's very <laughs> taboo is just the least of the words I can use to describe how what happens but um it's a very it's a very clever satire very witty very sharp and somewhat frustrating given the given how it handles certain topics how what it brings up and uh, I I was a big fan of it I uh, really enjoyed the not only the kind of the humor and the way it was approaching the topic, but the filmmaking. I think uh, Justin Simeon, it's his debut feature film, and he does a lot to make it not just like a, a hodgepodge of ideas, but something that's 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 very pretty. It's like a very good-looking movie, and it has some very strong performances. And it just everything about it, I really enjoyed. I really like Dear White People. Cool. Yeah. So that's, uh, I want to see that one too. That's uh, spreading wider now. Um, it spread to more theaters like this week. So hope we hope more people see it because it's, uh, it's a good one. All right, so that was that. Uh, no cookies. Tim. All right, let's move on to trailer talk, where each week we can talk about one of the latest new movie trailers, when they're coming out, what we thought, and what have you. I have like, I, so I have like compiled a list of all the trailers we have, just to kind of keep track of what we can talk about each week. But it's feel like every now and then you get the one where it's like hard to not choose that one because you have other ones you haven't talked about yet. Like we still haven't talked about Take Three. Um, <laughs> no, it's more like Take Three. Take Three. Yeah, it's like I don't know. We no, it's Take Three. That's we'll what it call is. Call it Tekken. No, it's Take Three. That's no. that's what it is. Um, let alone, and let alone like other things that are on this list. But Avengers: Age of Ultron trailer dropped this week, and that's you know kind of an event that's Huge. taking place. I figured let's let's talk about that trailer. So yeah, Avengers: Age of Ultron, the new trailer dropped this week, which was not actually expected. It was more of a leak happened, and Marvel's like, all right, well here it is. So that, that's the that's the result. We actually got the entire trailer. They, they blamed it on Hydra. Which was pretty. It was that was a good call. Pretty funny. It was pretty funny. But yeah, this is the sequel to the Avengers, let alone to every Marvel film that exists currently. Uh, It stars everybody that's been in a Marvel film, 
and uh, yeah, James, evil James Spader has come back as a robot, vowing <laughs> to take revenge on the Brat Pack or something like that. I don't know the exact plot, but it seems 80s like Eighties Jim James Spader is back. Yeah, it's Sex Lies and Ultron. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that said, uh, Mark, what do you think of the trailer? Um. Well, so you know, I love the Avengers, so I'm definitely excited about uh, this new film. Uh, the thing about these trailers, they're edited so quickly and you you can take like if you're really a like a disciple of this world you can kind of pick apart the little bits and pieces of the trailer and figure out like what's going to happen or what kind of clues they're dropping i i i'm not able to do any of that because i I, i'm not that into the world but i i did think that you know it's definitely uh an interesting uh tease into what we're going to expect um I, I, it looks like a lot of the characters are really distraught, especially the Hulk. So obviously there's some kind of a, div, a divide amongst the group. And, um, you know, Disney owns Marvel, so why not throw a classic Disney song in the trailer, you know? So, I mean, it was kind of interesting. I, I definitely am excited because it's an Avengers film, but not, I don't know if the trailer got me more into it because I really couldn't decipher exactly what i was watching i just see a lot of stuff going on and i know james spader is doing the voice of the villain but uh, i wasn't really able to figure out what the story is going to be marcus yeah i'm I'm with mark i mean the trailer's fine it is what it is i i just really want to know who does that rendition of i got no strings like it's is also that like, Lana Del Rey, just like Is that Lana Del Rey? <laughs> oh my god, I was. I, she's I, really I, good. Wow, she's that. That's really what what kept me in. I I was kind of you know trying to decipher everything, just like Mark. And then I heard the song, and I it hooked me. I said, oh, I gotta watch this movie because of that song. Even though probably the song's not gonna be in the movie, right? I'm thinking about that now. So. Well, never mind. I don't want. Josh Joss Whedon's like, you know what, Marcus? You're wrong. <laughs> he puts it right. In. <laughs> They're gonna have he's the okay. listening. Yeah, he's an avid listener. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Abe, your thoughts? Uh, I thought it was an effective teaser trailer. I think it's. Um, I agree that the music was well done. Uh, the song was a good choice, and the way they have the the choir singing it, and then at the end you get Ultron <laughs> saying, "There's no strings on me." Um, but I think in terms of what it's building up to. There's been news release of uh, they're trying to take it to the Civil War uh, books, and I'm curious to see how this movie is going to go. It, it, if they took it into a place where the Avengers are, you know, more distraught, then that'd be amazing. I, I think that that'd be a really cool thing that they do in movies in terms of not just wrapping it up neatly and the good guys win and the bad guys are going to go away and tuck their tails between their legs, um, but. It's a teaser trailer. I'm probably not going to watch any more trailers because there is a lot of information, probably, and I'm going to uh, go see it next in 2015. The um, the trailer reminds me of like Mr. Incredible talking about like how like the world can't stay out of trouble for like five minutes. That's like the impression. <laughs> it's like ah, we just saved you know Hydra. We just stopped Hydra. We just stopped evil Guy Pierce's weird army. And now there's now there's Ultron. You can't stay clean for like a, a day here. We've got more trouble. Just Trouble City. Uh, just cleaned that's up. the name. That's the name of it. Trouble City. Thor just cleaned up London. Like there's all this stuff going on. But yeah, I mean it's a, you know it's a, it's a trailer for the Avengers movie. It's exciting. It's fun to watch. I I do like the kind of the random little clips that we get clips that we get of things. Like you get like Andy Serkis in a beard. 
Like, yeah. that's it. Like, all right. Andy Serkis with a beard in this movie, guys. You He's the shot, killer. You get a shot of, like, ballerinas, like, just standing up at one point. For, like, for a second, yeah. Yeah, it's like, that, oh yeah right. i was like what is this is he's this like, from another movie I, I assume that's nick fury undercover and he's like one of <laughs> there's many characters i could have said but that one makes the most sense to me nick that fury one does make the most sense yeah, yeah. and that's like the one shot where like i took away is like that's funny this <laughs> ballerinas similar to my favorite shot in take three where liam neeson is holding like a giant panda bear to his daughter that makes me laugh every time i see it because um, <laughs> she's 30 years old yeah but she's still like oh my god dad thank yeah. you um Literally. But yeah, no, I like that. Um, it's it seems like people are really pissed off at Robert Downey Jr. That's kind of the impression I take away from this trailer the most, where it's like, oh, you did something bad, and everyone was really pissed at you. Uh, but yeah, I, it's a you know it's a big Avengers trailer, lots of lots of cool looking stuff, but you know there's not much more. That's like, oh man, now I now I, I you know I was on the fence, now I'm like on my way to see it. I mean, I was already on my way to see it just because it's you know it's happening. But, that's where I think. But it's a cool trailer, so yeah. I was happy to see it, and, you know, I have no... I wanted to watch it in theaters, but I read that it's probably not going to be playing in front of theaters. It's, it's playing, like, in front of the uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiere or something, so... Well, it was supposed to premiere in front of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then it leaked early, so that's uh, why they put it online. But it'll, it'll play in theaters, you know, on the next... Probably for Interstellar, probably the next big movie that comes out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Avengers comes to theaters May 1st, 2015. So, yeah, there's a... Not a part of the summer box office gamble. It is a part of the summer box office game. Is it? Okay. Of course it is. Phew. Well, number would, one right there. Why would it not be? <laughs> May? Uh, May is spring. May is, May is summer. Beginning of May, summer movies. Mm, we're going to have to look on a calendar. Okay. Right. <laughs> May for, well, yeah, early it's start, May. Is... It's the start of movie summer season. Movie summer season, but not season seasons. We don't go by season season. This is the movie podcast. I'm just saying, like, May is still in spring. Do you want to look back at our summer challenge and see all the movies from May that we picked to be in there? Uh, Maybe? I don't know. Anyway. Such as X-Men, Godzilla, and Spider-Man? All May movies? Ah! All right. You win this one. There's a good two months of movies before the actual summer, June June 21st. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. You get you get over there. Yeah, you get over I there. Lo- sad panda. I love that you're discovering this now. After three years of summer gambles, <laughs> that was trailer talk. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on now. Let's get to our main film review for Whiplash. This place is nice. I really like the music that they play. Bob Ellis on the drums. <laughs> I'm part of Schaefer's Top Jazz Orchestra. It's the best music school in the country. The key is to just relax. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about what the other guys are thinking. You're here for a reason. Have fun. Five, six, and... I want to be great. And you're not. We got Buddy Rich here. Little trouble there. You're rushing. Here we go. Five, six, and... Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will gut you like a pig. Oh, my dear God. Are you one of those single-tier people? So that should have been some of the trailer for Whiplash. <laughs> uh, Miles Teller stars as John Whiplash, a former Navy SEAL who stopped at nothing to march to the beat of it. That's not out. Yeah. That's like McGruber. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not true. Uh, Teller plays Andrew, a young drummer enrolled at a music academy with dreams of greatness. 
He was brought onto a band led by Terrence Fletcher, played by J.K. Simmons, who has a very specific ways of doing things, namely bullying students and doing their best or getting the hell out of his band. Andrew will need to do everything he can to be up to this challenge. Um, and yeah, that's the that's the basic logline I have there. Uh, let's start with Mark. What did you think of Whiplash? I really liked Whiplash. I think it's a very uh, engaging character study between these two people, um, J.K. Simmons, who plays Fletcher, the music teacher, and Miles Teller, who plays Andrew, the student. And a lot of the film is focused on those two and the kind of uh, dialogue that uh, goes between them. And, it, you know, a lot, of, a lot has been made about J.K. Simmons and his performance and, and how he's, he's very intense and a, a very demanding teacher and you know, verging on psychotic, actually. I mean, the film really goes to a place where uh, most people would say this is unacceptable. But what's interesting, and I think that Miles Teller is also very good in this film, and I think his performance also is kind of fascinating. In fact, the more I've thought about this film, uh, initially when I saw it, I kind of thought that Miles Teller was... uh, you know, just a guy that wanted to be the best and, and he's, he's, he's someone to be admired. But I think he's actually is almost just as psychotic as the teacher. He has this drive to be the best, but he has completely cut out everything in his life and he's willing to subject himself to this. And so it's sort of an interesting character study between these two individuals and they're not, they're both, I think they're both very flawed. Um, initially I kind of took away that, oh, this is, you know, Miles Teller is the guy that wants to be the best and, and there's, that's admirable. And there is something to, to be said for that. Uh, but at the same time, I think that the film deals with this character that is also flawed as well. And it, it has, it raises a lot of interesting questions, which we can kind of get into, um, about what it takes to be the best. And is that worth it? And is this necessary? And, you know, and, and, and it, it concerns jazz music. It, he's a jazz drummer. But honestly, I think this could have been about anything. It could have been about ballet or it could have been about law school or or really anything in, in any discipline that requires your complete dedication. And uh, I think it does a very good job of uh, presenting uh, this this little slice of life between these two people and and their characters. So I I, I really enjoyed it. Marcus. Yeah, I I I, uh, I agree with Mark. I, it, this is I think this is either a a lesson on how not to be content with mediocrity, or it's like an examination of abusive relationships. But whatever it is, it, it's really fascinating to watch. There were two things that stood out to me as far as the two shining achievements in Whiplash. One was the direction, actually. Um, Damien Chazel, am I saying that right? Probably like Chazel, I think. Chazel, he kind of gets out of the way. And all he does is really lay down the tracks for these two, like, locomotives that are just coming for each other, you know, the Miles Teller character and the J.K. Simmons character. And in a movie that's so built on performances, that's really all I could ask. He also does a really great job with the ending, which I thought was really brave. I thought it was really brave to let an ending kind of, 
should I say? Like, uh, it reach a real time conclusion, uh, without any interference with, you know, without any strong cutting or, I don't know, big time production interference. I don't know how to explain it without giving it away. Um, the second thing that I really liked about this movie was, Actually, I mean, the J.K. Simmons performance is, is gonna get all the buzz, like Mark said, but I really love Miles Teller in this. I think he gives an electrifyingly exhausting performance, both emotionally and physically. I saw, not a year ago, but I saw Spectacular Now, and that one was like, okay, this is a guy we should be looking out for, but this is Miles Teller at his apex. This is a performance that not only I would say not only deserves an award nomination, but I think Miles Teller is going to have the career Shia LaBeouf should have had, if that makes any sense. I don't know if that makes any sense. But the one thing, the one thing, so I, I liked it. The one thing that I had an issue with was J.K. Simmons' performance. And it's not necessarily with his performance. It's, it's over the top, and it is what it is. It might be with the script and what they have him say. I don't know how much of this is ad-libbed or what, but it's really at times distracting in a funny way. It's – okay, let me give you an example. There's an, there there's three guys, Miles Teller is one of them, that are fighting for one position. And J.K. Simmons is going, play this piece of music, and he stops him right away, and then he goes, another person switch out and – play the same piece of me and he stops him right away and he keeps berating them berating berating them and all the while hours are going by and these guys are like bleeding and they're exhausted physically and emotionally and they're like near tears and you feel so bad for this this is a huge dramatic part and he's berating them in kind of a in kind of like a mean-spirited com- comedic way which some people in the audience were like laughing at. I'd so I wasn't sure whether he was supposed to be just 100% intimidating or he was supposed to be intimidating, but I don't know. He was supposed to be intimidating I, with like a kind of comical mean streak. People think, are going to say, I, okay, are, I think are, I think it's okay. part of the I think it's part of the trick of that performance though because it'd be one thing if he's saying these things and like acknowledging that he's this hilarious guy but he doesn't stop like it's what it's, he, he doesn't he's that, it's not he's not taking a pause to recognize how hilarious his one-liners are he's saying very, he's seeing these things to be this guy and to and to intimidate these people and he's not he's he's saying it purely to get them going to get that blood I, rushing it's I, funny I, to I, us I'm this, sorry, I was really was laughing I'm sorry I, this performance is going to be compared to Full Metal Jacket, Arlie Ermey. Yeah. And during right. that Arlie Ermey performance, people look back in retrospect, probably eh, laugh or whatever, but it's more intimidation than anything else. You're intimidated. He's, he's saying funny things. He's saying funny, berating things. Mm-hmm. But JK kind of goes way over. He's going way more than that. He's doing like a perf- one man show up there. <laughs> And that's kind of what he's great. He's good in it. He's good in it. I'm not going to say anything, but it just kind of didn't fit at some moments. I just felt so bad for these kids and I kind of wanted to laugh at the same time. That was my only issue and it's a minor issue and it's probably going to actually uh, add to the kind of adrenaline dump of this movie because this movie's kind of like has people were walking out and they were like, wow, that was super intense. It's probably going to add to that because the guy's nuts. Every, you know, I think Miles Teller's nuts, just like Mark said, but. I, that performance just didn't. It took me a long time to get into it. 
Well, I, I think J.K. Simmons' performance does border on caricature. And as you're watching it, I was sort of like on the fence at, at a couple points. Like, I don't know if this is – and there was actually a lot of laughter at my at, at my showing, um, at, at his antics. But it's so – it's so extreme that you, you're either going to be disgusted by it or laugh at it. And I think sometimes it's almost like nervous laughter. Like it's so and I think I I had to think about this film for a, a little bit because it's it's definitely not it, it's hard to take it all in when you're watching it. But I, I do think his performance is ultimately I think it is brilliant. And I think the fact that he does wow. border on caricature is OK. I think it's it's it's, mm. it's fine to acknowledge that it is a bit of a caricature. Because it's do you such think a, it was? Do you think it was nervous laughter though? No, I mean I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of different kinds of laughter. People, yeah, people know they're watching a movie, so they know this isn't real. If this was really happening, th this guy would be brought up on charges, and and I mean he actually sure. literally slapped him in a in a. But, th no way would a school harbor a a teacher like this. But, but I do think that it things like this kind of do happen, and I think there are, you know, people who are willing to. I think that's what the film is kind of presenting is how far are you willing to go to to be the best at something? No, 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 that's right. Okay, my point is when you're watching a straight comedy, say you're watching a Judd Apatow comedy and somebody it, says something it was really not meant it was not meant to be funny. I do not think it was meant to be funny, but I think I that's did. what I'm saying. I don't think it was meant to be funny and no, I think I don't think it was meant to be funny, but it was, was so extreme people were like, "Oh my I, gosh." Yeah. Well, I think it was only funny because it was so extreme, and I think that's the only flaw in it. If he would have pulled it back just a minute, or maybe chosen different verbiage, maybe. I mean, some of that verbiage is just like so, like, wow, what? What did he say? I, uh, I'm kind of just so distracted by what he's saying, and not in a way that's like, ooh, that was, ooh, that was mean, but like, uh, what? Are you what? Okay, well, moving let, on, let, like whatever. But let, it wasn't. It, I know it's, it's it, this is kind of a minor deal in the long scheme of things because I did really like this movie and it will add out in the end of the day when the movie is over it makes sense but while it was happening I was really distracted. Okay, well, let, let I, Abe and I get to what. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Abe, <laughs> okay. um, what you, you think of Whiplash? Uh, I thought it was actually a really good movie, and, and you know, more or less what you guys have said too. But I think that the the question that I had here coming out of the movie was, did something lead to something else? Uh, meaning, Miles Teller wanted to be pretty good. Did the 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 way that J.K. Simmons' character was pushing him allow him to be that great, or did J.K. Simmons' character being so bullish? Um, make Miles Teller want to be great to prove somebody else wrong. And it, it was just really weird. Uh, at first I thought it was just like a movie about, you know, this kid wants to be good and his teacher is just a huge uh, ass. And that's kind of the extent of the movie. But then later there's this really weird part where uh, you hear about another character's death in the movie. It's somebody that is not even in or on screen ever. It's a minor play, yeah, so it's not yeah. a spoiler. Yeah, and so it, it becomes this really weird movie about bullying, about intimidation, about fear, and that was interesting because that's where the movie kind of takes a turn and then it goes into the third act and the third act is a huge, like, there's there's a few bombshells that are dropped and I think that's, a, that's the one of the most intense parts is just, again, you have this character here that has been through a lot um, with a teacher who is so, he, he, 
he wants to also be great, which is weird. So both these people are vying to be great in their own lives, and they're expressing it differently. And Mark, you're right that it's a huge character study on these two people and their motivations for one to do whatever they want to do. But at the end of the day, I was really confused, not in a bad way, because it was just more of uh, one of my callbacks is epic rap battles of history, primarily because their line of uh, uh, who was better, who won, or I can't remember the, the perfectly. But that's the that's the feeling that I get at the end of the movie, which is who won? Like, did Miles Taylor win because he defied this person at the uh, toward the end of the film um, and went on this amazing drum solo? Or did uh, did J.K. Simmons' character win because he was able to finally push a student so hard that they could become the, the next great? And, or did they both win? Or did they both lose based on what they had yeah, to give up? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it's really interesting. And honestly, if you think that band people are jerks, this is probably a reason why they're jerks, right? I mean, some of those people who are like hoity-toity on their homes are like, I'm in a jazz band. It's like, I get it now. I get it. Your teachers can be kind of prickish. And uh, to Mark's point about, you know, sometimes some people can be this way. There's a lot of people this way. There's a lot of, like, families that really want to push their kids to be super great so they, they make them practice all the time. Or, like, you have teachers that maybe not, don't physically abuse, but the verbal abuse is, is certainly there. And, and again, this is – it turned into this movie about the culture of bullying, which uh, I thought was a, a, a strange and dramatic turn, but one for – the better. Uh, I thought that that's what made this movie feel really, really uh, like hit home and, and feel more sincere. Well, Abe, that's why you're good at violin and math, right? That's exactly correct, yeah. <laughs> so uh, never a step to this. I'm also great at piano, trombone, French horn. You brought up you brought up one of the great questions about this movie is like, is JFK Simmons's methods of this are, you know, if they're effective, if they're worth it, if they're if that makes Miles Teller a better drummer. And but Mark brings up the best like a good point about that is well Miles Teller's character, he it seems like he's if he was he, he's more willing to you know learn this way than just be average in a drum band like it seems like this is something that helps who he already is and that's something I find to be very interesting about this movie like it's not just J.K. Simmons being a bully and Miles Teller responding to a bully it's more of Miles Teller, he has some things about his character that drive him to want to be this way, and that's part of why I love these performances so much, and part of why I love this movie a lot. Other reasons, um, Marcus, you 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 addressed you know kind of the the handling of the humor in this movie, or at least the supposed humor. I describe this movie as a dark comedy and a thriller. Those are the words I use to describe Whiplash, and so I I definitely did recognize that. I think it is funny. It's not a matter of it, it's try, if it's trying to be funny, or as I've said, J.K. Simmons trying to be funny. I think his performance suggests a level of intimidation that would certainly, you know, it would put it would put take me aback if I was in that scenario. But looking on it from the outside, there's that dinner scene. Yeah, that there's was trying to be funny. That was like the comedy scene where I thought, <laughs> okay, this is just funny with the family. Yeah, with the family. Thought, yeah, no, but that's that's the best scene. You got any friends, Andy? No. Oh, why is that? I don't know. I just never really saw the use. Oh, who are you going to play with otherwise? Lennon and McCartney, they were school buddies. Am I right? Charlie Parker didn't know anybody until Joe Jones threw a symbol at his head. So that's your idea of success, huh? I think being the greatest musician of the 20th century is anybody's idea of success. Dying 
broke and drunk and full of heroin at the age of 34 is not exactly my idea of success. I'd rather die drunk, broke at 34 and have people at a dinner table talk about me than live to be rich and sober at 90 and nobody remember who I was. Ah, but your friends will remember you. Well, that's the point. None of us were friends with Charlie Parker. That's the point. Travis and Dustin, they have plenty of friends and plenty of purpose. Now, I'm sure they'll make great school board presidents someday. Oh, that's what this is all about? You think you're better than us? Catch on quick. Are you model you in? I got a reply for you, Andrew. You think Carlton football's a joke? Come play with us. Four words you will never hear from the NFL. Who wants dessert? And from Lincoln Center? I mean, so that... I thought that that was funny, too. But then I, I also thought that that was a... Miles Teller's character, uh, Andrew, had had enough time and exposure to Professor Fletcher that all the things that were manifesting were just the attitudes of Professor Fletcher. And it was like, right. no, I am I am good. You guys he was He was Professor Fletcher at that dinner scene. He yeah, was yeah. basically giving it back. To, I mean, can I say there was this one quote? I have to say it because it, it, it sums up his whole character. He says, I'd rather die drunk and broke at 34 and have people at the dinner table talk about me than to live to be rich and sober at 90 and nobody remember who I was. Yeah. That is not a comment that a lot of people would accept. That is, I mean, he's basically saying, I want to die young and people remember me. So that is the heart of his character. And so I thought that was fascinating. And, you know, on one level, you can say, oh, wow, he's so dedicated. That's great. No, it's not great. You know, and his father is kind of uh, played by Paul Reiser is kind of like the audience looking on the outside saying, yeah. look, take a step back. You are you're spiraling down into the yes, it's good. to It's it's good to be good at something, but don't give up your whole humanity, you know. Yeah, I agree with you, Mark. And it's getting back to the kind of the humor aspect and like these scenes, like the dinner table and J.K. Simmons is real. There's a there's a lot of emotion behind these things that I think is what is what you know makes it serious in the context of the film and why it works for me. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not unwilling to laugh just because Absolutely. I shouldn't be because yeah. like, I I feel like right right you get these yeah. scenes like at the dinner table where there's a lot of kind of banter going on that's sharply tongued and. I enjoy that, and it's it fits for what the movie's doing. I, like I think this whole thing's assembled so so well that so, I'm that I'm able to I'm able to kind of recognize it as something that I can laugh at to an extent, but I understand where people are coming from and can appreciate these performances and can appreciate the kind of the stakes of the situation, which is why I see it also as a thriller. I do think it's there's not necessarily life or death scenarios being presented. One could argue this in some cases, but. It certainly it gives you kind of this this level of tension coming from you know jazz performances that makes it also kind of funny that you're like feeling this way that it's absolutely so... and I think that the turn of the characters also gives it a sense to go use your uh, terminology it gives it more thrilling aspects too because you're not sure where these characters are going to go after a certain point and so at some because of that super minor character that you never see on screen I wasn't sure what was going to happen and that did make it thrilling. There's there's one scene where Teller's basically he's like the he's like the second in what is it like the runner up or the alter the alternate thank you the alternate for um, another drummer and he's supposed to look after something for him and he for whatever reason that doesn't pay out play off well and the person that like the lead drummer starts like intensely yelling at him because you know that Fletcher's gonna be very mad at this situation and while that's you know that sucks and it's very intense. I was still laughing a lot when he's like just screaming obscenities and freaking out because something bad's going to happen to this person. Yeah. It's that kind of balance that I really enjoyed in this movie. It's right, well, like Flet that. And Fletcher has created this culture. I mean, yeah. that's kind of 
Yeah. He, he creates this right. culture where, where people understand who Fletcher is and they know how he's going to react to things to an extent. If anything, he's going to react probably even harsher than they expected to. And it just it it works so well. Like it's such a it's such a it is a weird movie for that reason, because it's creating this kind of atmosphere where you're both acknowledging that there's a lot of tension here, but it's not necessarily being leavened by humor. But you you feel like you're going to have a fun time watching the way this tension plays out. And which is why the ending is so like powerful and uplifting in a way, because you're you yeah. get this series of kind of one upsmanship that happens and it's it's awesome. And it, well, it, I mean it's it, also yeah, powerful and uplifting nice. primarily because it it also deals with Paul Reiser's character and that could have been an out, but then the movie's like, you know what? No, 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 that's not it. There's more folks yeah. you should stay I, around. And I that love part it was, was like, yeah. holy crap. Like yeah. again, that's why the questions of like, who's winning here? Does it matter? Um, and that's what, I think that's what makes the movie so intense. That was a, that was an amazing ending. The yeah. ending was, I don't know how much we can talk about it, but the ending was. Probably not a huge amount. The, the, one really? thing I, the one thing I want to do want to say about the ending, um, Miles Teller has been drumming before this movie, but he did go to like yeah, boot camp. That. He did go to like boot camp to get extra drumming lessons. And aside from like a couple scenes where it's not quite him, this movie, Damien Chazelle's, you know, his cinematographers and his, you know, editing work. They make sure to show you that it is, you believe Miles Teller is the one doing this, and it helps that he is the one doing this for the most part, but he, like, the, I can't emphasize how good the direct, like, the direction, the editing in this movie is fantastic, and it's edited like, it's edited like a thriller. Like, the way he utilizes kind of certain visual imagery and slow motion and editing tricks to kind of show you the intensity of drumming and the blisters popping and the blood and everything, like, it, it's a really I mean, intense movie to watch. He uses visual colors as well. I mean, oh, yeah. there's a lot of warm, warm colors whenever they're just having a casual conversation. And then there's that, that blue color whenever J.K. Simmons is turning into the devil kind of character. Um, and you see a lot of that, and you see a lot of camera play too. Like the distance between people and cameras and uh, whatever else, which is a callback of mine for another movie. But you can see it evidence in like scenes where Miles Teller's talking to the um, the girl that he likes, exactly. uh, Nicole, yeah. played by uh, Melissa Benoist. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. Uh, the usual? Uh, no. Nah. Look, I don't really know how. I see you in here a lot, and I think that you're really pretty and. Would you want to go out with me? Ever? Please go away. Oh my God! I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you. Oh my God! I'm sorry. That's that's actually pretty mean. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt feelings. What's your name? No big deal. Oh, I'm Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. I'm Nicole. Nice to meet you, Nicole. Nice to meet you too. But you can you can see where it's it like you said it's very warm there, and especially in the kind of initial meetings when they're talking and then going on a date, and then you can see it transition when he makes a certain decision where it goes from this kind of this nice warmth that you can see between the two and the way it's shot to this kind of icy coldness that yes, that's exactly. throughout it's seen throughout the rest of the movie, and it's it's really well like this is a this is a directorial debut for for Chazelle. And oh, it's, is it? I it is. Yes, he he's written some screenplays. One he wrote a Grand Piano actually. This movie that came out earlier he's this been year. Doing some some good but, um, film study then. Yeah, because it's a good looking movie. <laughs> and it, like, it's a good looking movie, but also he he's creating the right. Uh, tone and atmosphere online yeah, yeah exactly yeah he, he also co-wrote the last exorcism part two. 
Oh, oh good. Well, yeah. you know, everyone... Er, everyone gets sure a his... chance to do something great. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure his parts were like, yes. You know, he would just punch it up by using, you know, the word yes or something. So the soundtrack yeah. is good. And also, the thing about the score is I didn't really hear a score until the part where he's... Uh, there's a huge rise in score when Miles Teller is super... I think it. I think it's when he's after uh, he's rushing to for the five thirty show, and that's then, when it's the most rousing. Yes, but there, yeah. there's score throughout. Is the there movie. score? Okay, oh, yeah. I, think so. I, think I have the soundtrack. I mean, doesn't score. it become like more worked up as the story as you like descend into madness? Kind very of much, very much so, thing, yes. you know. So. And you keep mentioning Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser is really good in this movie. Like I really like well, the Paul few Reiser. scenes that he has. I think uh, Mark said it best. He brings a level well, of uh, humanity back into. Yeah. It was nice to have uh, like a, a nice presence in the film. Well, it's funny because like there's here and there's the FX show Married, and he's on that as well. And it's like Paul Reiser's turned into like this really good like character actor now, and I like that. I like that he's like gotten older and he's, he's got like, all that mad about you money. <laughs> yeah, but he's like doing good things with it. <laughs> we can start, start these like little things that are well, well, like 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 Mark said, he was the audience basically. He was yeah. the most, I guess, realistic. Audio, you know, we we could relate. He's most relatable. Oh, you know what's going on? Oh, this guy should he he goes and you know does what a, a father would do in in certain in the situation. I'm not going to give it away, but he does eventually do what a father would do, and you're like, wow, that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. He sees he he can see that his child is going down a path that is super extreme, and he's you know maybe you know go look to spend more time with your father or maybe you know back off a little bit see so what's amazing about this movie too is that it also provides a, a huge contrast between uh professor fletcher and um uh, miles dad played by yeah. paul reiser and it's not so much like oh one brings humanity and one brings um you know this this intensity but it's also just because jk simmons first asks him hey what's your dad do it's like oh he's a writer it's almost as if you could also oh, yeah. argue Miles Teller is looking for this father figure that'll enable him to really push past the limits, and that's what makes the movie pretty great. It's just there's so many things that you can come at. There's what that part where J.K. Simmons has this little conversation with Miles Teller, and he asks him um, that's about a great his... scene, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was a great that's right setup. And for, for what a moment, for a moment, you think, oh, he's he's actually interested in his life, and he's being a supportive teacher, and. The way he uses that information later to basically destroy him Mm -hmm. or try to destroy him is so like he's just such a horrible guy. I mean, you know, it's interesting. And all the students in the class are just sitting there like taking it. And there's not not one person in that class. And that that could that could be what would happen in real life. Um, That that's definitely I think things like that do all have their eyes to the floor. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, he walks into the class of another teacher, and you see the body language of the teacher kind of like slumps his head down and like steps aside while yeah, he yeah. takes over and starts, you know, not like, do you mind if I blah blah blah? No, step aside. I'm in the class because I'm the you know exalted teacher on this campus, and you know, well, it's it's interesting. When Miles Teller was going on his first date with that with that uh, the girl, right? The he admits that he has a hard time keeping eye contact right i don't know this is just a little thing yeah. but then he he i don't know he he's he starts to try to change that but then this kind of reinforces that no eye contact good you're doing good 
keep your eyes down, just take it, take it, take it. And he thrives in that. Like, he thrives with his eyes down. He thrives kind of being berated. What's kind of interesting, too, it's, it seems like Miles Teller, his character, no one likes him. Like, it, <laughs> it, yeah. it doesn't seem like he has any friends in this school, like, at all. And I, I think it it does that very purposely. I think where it, I, I agree that where it is purposely like it because even like when he before he gets to the Fletcher's class, it's not like everyone's hanging out with him, or it's not like he's hanging out with anybody. It just seems like he's kind of sitting there's, back. There's two scenes that I'd point to. One of them is the dinner scene, which somebody explicitly asks him, "Do you have any friends?" He says, "No." The other scene is when he's going back to his dorm room. There's a huge party right next door, and he just goes into the his own uh, room by himself. Which is another way to emphasize how Miles Teller. He operates on a level where someone like Fletcher is – I mean, it, the extent of which he's doing things certainly affects him. But he's probably helping his own psyche you know, in the way that he sees – he deems good. Like, not necessarily that it is good the way he's being treated, yeah. but like – The it, fact that he doesn't have friends is is a conscious choice on his part. I don't think it's yeah. that like, like I wish I had friends, yeah. but I don't. It's that – I have chosen not to have friends because this is what I want to do, and friends are a distraction. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's a lot of things you could take away from this movie. We could <laughs> huge no, I, essays I, that can be written. I really liked it. I was, I, was, I, yeah. I wanted, I've been wanting to see it again for a while because I think it's just excellent in what it's doing. Whiplash. Yeah. Anything else we can talk about this movie before we get to the rating? We could get into a lot of spoilers, but we probably shouldn't. <laughs> we could, but um, let's just say that was cold. Um, <laughs> All right. With that said, when would you when would you guys go and see this movie, Marcus? When, when, when would you recommend people seeing this movie? Immediately. This is, this is good. It's really good. It's worth seeing. It's worth seeing in the in the in the theater. Mark? Yeah, in the theater. Abe? In the theater right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, there's been three movies I've been recommending people go see. One of them is Whiplash. Like if, they, if there's one thing to see in theaters right now. So yeah, that's definitely a movie to go for. Is, um, is the other is one of the other ones Birdman? Yes. Um, is the other one uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth? No? <laughs> not it? <laughs> Thank joking. you, Abe. I'm joking. <laughs> like, not even a movie that's out now. Like, you just had to, like, jump back, like, six years. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser's cool. Let's get to our movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we talk about some movies that we thought of during or after said feature. And uh, Abe, I know you have a few. You want to read those again? Yeah, Drumline, The Social <laughs> Network, Epic Rap Battles of History, Kiss on the Slope, and Harry Potter. A specific Harry Potter or just Harry Potter? No, nah, just the Snape relationship with Harry. Okay. <laughs> Mark? Uh, well, Marcus mentioned it earlier, but Full Metal Jacket, because of the relationship between the teacher and the student, like the drum... Uh, the, 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 sar- the sergeant, yeah. And then... Um, Black Swan, because like the dedication, yes. dedication almost to the point of neurosis to something that you know beyond anything, and also the the body modification that his like you know his hands trip blood, and we see that in Black Swan with her feet and wedged into those pointed toes and all that, and then also not as extreme, but as a teacher student and kind of a trying to uh, survive against a in a in a. a university setting the paper chase with john house oh, oh okay the paper chase man i remember watching that in high school timothy bottoms john houseman watch it it's a good that's movie. a that is a good show and i think they had a movie right yeah it was a it was a tv show too but it but it was yeah. a, a movie first marcus uh i'd say it's only one scene but i was thinking about it uh taxi driver kind of okay 
because there was that one scene when he's talking to the girl. He hasn't spoken to her for a long time, and he's trying to get back into kind of a normal life. He thinks he's being accepted. He thinks he's being, this is for him. And the normal life kind of rejects him. He thinks he, it's almost like he thinks he has a choice and the normal life goes, no, 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 no. I don't, I, my choice is not to accept you. You belong over here. So in a weird way, that was my, that was my takeaway. Yeah, I had Black Swan and Full Metal Jacket as well. I also have Drumline Abe, good call there. Um, karate, little karate kid, social network, and like boxing movies in general. You get a kind of a, kind of that, it follows some patterns of certain boxing movies that I, mm kept thinking about because of the the way the ending plays out and of course oz um anyone that knows this oh film, yeah oz, I, I can't mean, believe i didn't mention that jk simmons who plays like a what like a neo-nazi oh, schillinger like, schillinger yeah it's somehow <laughs> somehow this performance is maybe more intense than that one which is impressive oh, wow. yeah. for, for no, a prisoner right. neo-nazi character <laughs> like, i don't know that what was it tobias beecher and his relationship were pretty messed up yeah. oh gosh <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Let's move on now. Let's get to our sponsor. Um, each week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com. So chat now podcast. There are over hundreds of thousands of titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any kind of MP3 player. And, um, yeah, for you the listeners of Out Now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Abe, do you have a book to recommend? I do. It's Jazz, colon, A History of America's Music, written by Jeffrey C. Ward and Ken Burns, and narrated by Jordy LaForge himself, LeVar Burton. Very cool. You can download that book or any book that you find at audibletrial.com. slash Out Now Podcast. You can download the book. You can listen to it. You can check out the service. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of it, but you get to keep the book that you downloaded for free. And yeah, that's what you can do with audibletrial.com slash out now podcast. Be a winner. Read, Read. or listen. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on now. Let's, um, get to our feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Got a lot of feedback this week over at our a Facebook ton. page, facebook.com slash out now podcast. And, uh, yeah, we are just going to throw up what we asked here, what our listeners had to say. And Mark and Marcus, if you guys want to chime in, feel free to. But, um, here we go. Here's the first one. Does anyone play or has anyone played a musical instrument, and do they have any stories? And apparently people did, because we got a lot of responses here. Uh, April says, some of them. April says, I wanted to play the flute, but the music teacher said that we had enough flutes, so she stuck me with the clarinet. I hated every minute of it, and then hated everyone who got to play the flute, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Mike has, I play guitar, but no amazing stories from it. LOL. Matthew has, I play piano. Yes, I have stories. None of the ones I can think of are interesting. <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Jose, who's currently... I love this story. I think Jose's playing, like, he's, like he's, in the... He's in that, doing a, a game, or playing games for charity. Yeah, it's, like, for, like, 24 hours straight, they play yeah. video games, and it's, like, for a charity. I've heard about this thing before, so, you know, good, good on you. Good on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, I took violin lessons from sixth grade through high school at the local community college. My teacher for the last four years would always call me Carlos. I gave up trying to correct her because she was an older lady and generally very nice and a great teacher another student in our class had me and another student joined student joined him for a piece during his senior recital our violin teacher made the program i was listed as carlos fernandez <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that jose <laughs> um, jason says i used to play the trumpet i used to piss people off when i played the wrong note and everyone would yell at me uh, scott says i've played guitar since i was eight and 
had a few bands in high school and college. We stuck, we sucked mostly, but some of my favorite times of my life playing music with my friends. And lastly, Autumn states, I played the flute. Don't tell April. <laughs> <laughs> Good ones, guys. Good stories there. <laughs> Do you guys ever play instruments? I did. I took piano lessons uh, when I was, oh gosh, probably like from eight years old to maybe 11. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really wasn't that good at it. And uh, yeah, the teacher that I ultimately, because I had a few different teachers, uh, the last teacher I had was just not very supportive. And I just decided to give it up. Yeah. Uh, I tried to play the guitar once and then it didn't work out. Yeah. You reject. You know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Abe? I played the recorder in fourth grade like everyone was required to do. I, at, I, our, at our school. People that know me know that I play a mean triangle. That's all I gotta say about that. Yes, not bad. Oh, forgot to mention well, you that. Play the, I was gonna play. say you play the xylophone every uh, week. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm great at the xylophone. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I like, was gonna say. Come like, on. That's just, that's pretty Well, I hope, I'm, I'm hoping we hear a little bit of that later. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Our next question is, uh, what did our listeners think of the Avengers trailer? William writes, I watched it over and over. Uh, Alessandro writes, can't remember the last time I saw the trailer this good. If I was excited about this movie before, now I'm really excited. Only Joss Whedon could take a song from Disney's Pinocchio, excellent example of synergy, and make it absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Not bad. So you guys know our thoughts. Then you guys can record or rewind back and listen to that. And then our next question is, uh, who are your favorite movie teachers, instructors, or coaches? Uh, Philip writes, Hackman and Hoosiers, Denzel and Remember the Titans, and Dennis Quaid in The Rookie. Who's the man now, dog? Oh, there you go, Sean Connery. That's Sean Connery. Who's the man now, dog? <laughs> uh, Jason writes, oh, Captain, my Captain, Robin Williams. That's from uh, Flubber, right? That is from Flubber, yeah. That's <laughs> what he says to the, the little Flubber that he creates in the lives, like, oh, Captain, my Captain. And then he gets up on a desk for whatever reason. Mm. Justin writes, first, uh, it will always be Yoda. Sanon delivers Jaime Escalante, which is a good pick. Mr. Escalante. Yeah. He's the I'm calculus. The yeah. Uh, Robin Williams as John Keating, so there's another uh, Dead Post Society call for you. And Scott writes, uh, Gene Hackman in Hoosiers. A lot of Hoosiers love. I'm liking it. Yeah. He's only got four people on the floor. That's my team. Dennis Hopper's good in that movie, too. J.K. Simmons is a terrific character actor with lots of roles. What are your favorites? Uh, Philip has Buffalo Bill Cody and Hidalgo. I honestly forgot that he was in that movie, uh, mm. as well as in Hulk in general. Um, uh, Jason has J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man films. He's pretty good. He's spot on for I that. I mean, he's great in that movie. Yeah. Like, if yeah he's great in a lot of his movies. Oh, yeah, but I mean, he's, he's a great J. Jonah Jameson. Like, yes, if there's one thing that these reboots like need to not change, it's J. Jonah Jameson. Like, you just have to have it back. We, yeah, I think we mentioned that. I'd, uh, I'd throw in there Juno. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say Juno as well. He's a really good dad in Juno. What about those Allstate commercials? He's excellent. Yeah, farmers insurance. Oh, Oscar yeah. worthy. <laughs> I will never see him the same way. He's probably yelling at those guys too. Mark, you have any thoughts on J.K. Simmons? Uh, no, you guys pretty much named all the the high points. Cool. Next, we move into questions that you guys asked us. Taryn asks us: Now that it is definite, what is your opinion on Jason Momoa playing Aquaman? Um, Meh, I'm you know, excited. Maybe. Sure. He's no, Aqu- no real opinion. Per I, se. I have no real opinion on Aquaman. So whoever they get, whatever. I'm, I, I mean, I, di- I didn't see Jason Momoa in his his uh, Conan movie. Well, I I see him in Game of Thrones. He's pretty yeah, intense which, there, but I don't know if that intensity is the thing that screams Aquaman to me. But you know, someone did. So <laughs> there you sure. go. I'm curious. Are they going to make a blonde? I think that's my main curiosity at this point. 
He has very sharp eyebrows, like Aquaman, so that's something, I guess. Maybe Does that's... Aquaman have sharp eyebrows? It seems like he kind of points them out. It seems like that's his thing. He goes through the underwater Just him and, like, uh, like Namor in uh, Marvel stuff. Like, Marvel, it, yeah. it, seems like the, it seems like eyebrows is a big part of the underwater game. <laughs> that's my impression, I guess. <laughs> Namor, man. Forgot about that game. Word on the street is that Lisa Bonet is very excited about it. <laughs> that, that's what I've heard. Thank you. It's a little little insider little information insider there. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, people should look up Jason Momoa to know what we're talking about. Um, if they don't already. Shayla asks, who was your first movie star crush? Mine was Kelly LeBrock in Weird Science. I like this question. I was Not bad. To crack my mind. It's Nicole Kidman in all the movies that she did in the 90s. I was like, oh, man, Nicole Kidman is super hot. She still is pretty good looking. Okay. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm answering right. Shalem's question. <laughs> um, my answer actually this this stems way back because my um, me and my uncle were big fans of In Living Color back in the day, and our favorite flag girl was Jennifer Lopez. And so there was a long time where I really liked Jennifer Lopez and things, and Out of Sight you know, really kind of cemented that crush for a while before moving on. You know, I've been watching uh, the old episodes of In, In Living Color recently, and the Fly Girls, they, they, the way they film them, it's hard. I, I can see Jennifer Lopez, but it's really like it zooms in and out, and, and you, you don't really – it doesn't focus on her as much. Like there's another uh, woman – uh, Carrie Ann Inaba, who ended up being a judge on Dancing with the Stars, yeah. she's featured just as much as uh, Jennifer Lopez on that. All I can say is that, I mean, that's the memory I have from <laughs> one of the memories I have from Living Color, that we were really focused on Jennifer Lopez. It wasn't <laughs> Fireman Aaron a liar. Because then, because then she was well, I just mean you, you, have to, you have to really look for her. I don't feel like the camera, like, focuses on her. Back in the day, I found her. That's all I got. I don't know. Then she was in Money Train, else, and then she was in Selena. Money Train. And then, in Selena, and then Anaconda. I was like, geez, I'm getting all this Jenny action. This is great. <laughs> Jenny from the block. From the block. <laughs> Indeed. Now I don't care about her that much, but still. That's... Eh. Should we move on? Unless Marcus and Marcus Unless, crushes yeah. they want to go into. Like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be as a child, so for me it would probably be uh, like Julie Andrews in Mary Poppins or something. <laughs> Super hot in that movie. She's pretty She's, attractive. She was so sweet. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and she was pretty. She is, yeah, she's she's very good looking. Your pills were alive. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go with that one. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> Mary, really, we have the same Mary, one. That's Julie true. Andrews and the Sound of Music. Yeah. Okay. Mary. All right. Next question. Michael asks us: Avengers: Age of Ultron had creepier had a creepier rendition of No Strings on Me. Name a song from the Disney Library that deserves the same treatment. Oh, this one's easy. Pretty easy. What do you have? What do you get? I, I like to hear yours. Under the sea. That's pretty good. I thought of Hakuna Matata in like some cannibal movie. it's like wow that's pretty creepy guys never gonna see this movie in the same light a whole new world would probably be pretty dark that'd be that'd be that would be creepy (laughs) what marcus no i was gonna say something from jungle book but like in ruby some serial killer you got a friend just like you that would be creepy as he's like walk like you parading around with Mm -hmm. yeah exactly in like a uh, one hour like photo part two. What is it? In like one hour photo part two. That's there you go. <laughs> yeah. Want to be like you. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, that's enough of that. Alessandro <laughs> has a really cool, uh, this may be my favorite question of the week here. 
he says, now that both Marvel and DC have unveiled their movie slate, is there a character who isn't getting their own movie that you'd like to see on the big screen or on TV, and why? Also, I recently saw Oculus and really enjoyed it and would love to hear more about what you guys thought of it. And finally, I've been meaning to thank you guys since this summer. My GF and I, my girlfriend and I went to see Edge of Tomorrow based on your recommendation, and we both loved it. So thanks for that. Have a great show. Thank thank you for all of that. You're welcome. Yeah, very welcome. Thank you, and you're welcome. Uh, You're touching lives. Touching lives. Let's work backwards. Uh, he He asked about Oculus. Mark, I believe you saw Oculus as well, correct? Yeah I, yeah, I liked Oculus quite a bit. It yeah. kind of came and went, so I, I I'm, thought it was better than the amount of time that it's spent in the theaters. But uh, no, I thought it was really good. I, I thought, uh, good performances too. I, I completely agree. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed Oculus. I thought Karen Gillum and Karen Gillan and um, what's his name from the Signal? Abe. Uh, Brenton Thwaites. Uh, they're both. I thought they're very good. I thought the story was very clever without breaking its own rules. I thought it did a good job. It didn't rely on jump scares too much, which I really enjoyed. And yeah, I, in terms of kind of mainstream horror, um, not counting you know kind of like more thrillers like Gone Girl or something like that. I thought Oculus is like the best mainstream horror movie that came out in theaters this year. Um, there's been a lot of VOD stuff that I really enjoyed, but yeah, I, I really liked Oculus. I was a big fan of it. And was it wasn't, it <laughs> wasn't better than Ouija? <laughs> Given that like Ouija <laughs> and Annabelle are getting like 20 plus million opening weekends and Oculus it, bombed, yeah. that really upsets yeah. me. <laughs> so Oculus was very inventive for, yeah. for you know, it didn't get as much fanfare as it should have. And of course, his uh, his first question here was um, any big uh, hero superhero characters that aren't getting their movies that you want to see on the big screen. My answer to that is uh, Black Panther. I would love to see I a Black Panther movie. he was going to get a... There's been no movie. announcement of a oh, Black Panther okay. movie, and I'd love to see a Black Panther movie. I think there's a lot of... Especially given the way the Marvels made their universe work now, I think there's a lot of ways that they can bring them in that would be quite clever. And yeah. there's a number of actors out there that I think could do a good job and, uh, in terms of even kind of having an older Chala and uh, be passing a mantle down to a younger Chala. That, there's a lot of good is actors. That, is that Black Panther, the Huey P. Newton story? or? <laughs> Yes. I'm sorry. I think it was I, a documentary. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, there's, I think there's, there's a good movie there to be made if they're going to keep going with these superhero movies and you know open it up to more more and more things. I'd yeah. want to see Huey P. Newton in a cape, <laughs> fighting crime. Fighting crime. Yeah. Or medallions Activist. and whatnot. It'd be David Oyelowo's character from the from Lee Daniels, Lee Daniels, the Butler as Black <laughs> Panther. <laughs> Lee Daniels. <laughs> Anyone else have any heroes they want to see? Uh, I was going to say Spider-Man, but I think they've made a couple movies. They made a few of those. I know. Abe? Uh, No, not really. I mean, I was going to say something ridiculous, but I couldn't think of any names. Namor? Well, Namor. I mean, we we already talked about (laughs) it. We already talked about Namor. Yeah, I was going to say someone like, I don't even know. All right. Well, let's move on then. That was enough feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Now I think it's time for what time? What time is it? Oh, Aaron, I think that it's time for us to hear your amazing xylophone skills in games. <laughs> Faster! Faster! Bloody hands. The bloodiest. That, of course, is the improv theme for games. And Abe, it's a good thing you're yelling at me faster because the game this week is called Not My Tempo. <laughs> oh, wow. Perfect. Um, Perfect. So here's what I this is this is a very elaborate game that I've set up here. So I'm going to I'm going to read a famous movie quote, but I'm stating it wrong. 
and you're going to have to tell me what I, you're going to have to correct me on the quote. You're going to have to state it right, and you're going to also you also have to name who said the quote and what movie it's from. Here's an example. Here's an example. You just want me to leave, or you can. You, these aren't that hard. Here's the here's an example. I'm the king of the Applebee's, and so that oh, of course right. so would be I'm king of the world. Right. Oh. Be from Titanic and Leonardo. I didn't DiCaprio, even get that. And Leonardo okay. DiCaprio said that, and his name is Jack Dawson. So there are four parts to this question. Wow. So you have to name what the quote is, name the character that said it, the actor that said it, and the movie. So you can get so you can get up to four points for each one. I'll give you I'll give you as many points as you get. Can I get like a ten point head start? (laughs) This won't won't be that hard. He's gonna be done. It's just gonna go backwards. He's gonna end up with zero. This won't be that hard. But like say so like Abe, if you said I'm king of the Applebee's, you said Titanic and Leonardo DiCaprio, but you couldn't think of the character. You got a three out of four possible points. Gotcha. Okay. So I have ten. I have ten of these and a couple bonuses in case we get a tie. Okay. okay. Right. So you just say your name first and then try to get as ma- as much of this as you can. All right. I like this. Okay. This more. It's gonna be more than ten points. I yeah. tried. I tried with this game. I really. I. I thought like not my tempo deserved a really good game because I had the title first and then I worked backwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Much like cer- certain bad movies that we see. All right. All right let's just get this over with. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> okay. Nobody puts Chucky in a corner. Marcus. I heard so, Mark. Heard Mark. Okay. So it's nobody puts baby in a corner. It's Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing. See that the character that character does not say that quote. Abe. Oh, Patrick oh. Swayze, but I don't know his character's name. A, okay. Uh, his character was Johnny. Yeah, we're. I'm giving it to Mark, but he only got two points. Two You're right. Points. Now that I think about it, see, I, I just yes. like. Yeah, Patrick Swayze that. says it, and his name's Johnny Castle. That's in Dirty Dancing. But you got two out of four points. So Mark Not has bad. two, Mark has two points, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. This is hard. Yeah, I'd right. say that. Good thing there's nine more of these. Here's the next one. Oh, God. Yoga, yoga. Uh, Marcus. Marcus. Oh, jeez, why did I? <laughs> uh, it's, okay. it's uh, Toga. It's from. Uh, uh, oh my. I mean, I know it. Hold on, what Mark? What Marcus? What uh, hold on, hold on. Give me a little bit extra time here. Uh, That's. <laughs> I could just. Yeah, they're off the board already, Mark. Mark. Hold your horses. Go on, but, Mark. You got, you got it. I'm not never going to be able to name the character. It's National Lampoon's Animal House. Uh, yeah, college. And yeah. what is his name? Bluto. That's correct. Okay. Ah, and it's uh, uh, what's his name? John uh, Belushi. Okay. Here's my Jim? It's stuck. We're all shit. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> hey, so how many points do I get? I mean, you could, you got the quote, but you could, like, you got to get at least the movie, and you didn't get one, that. <laughs> one, no, I get one for buzzing in, one for. Yeah, well, one for it's, buzzing it's, in. You didn't it's get anywhere. Good, that's it. Yeah, that's got, a good strategy. Just say your name, and then you can just, like, <laughs> um, um. Hey. So Mark has six points right now. Just saying. Okay. Here's the next one. I'm getting the points now because I don't think I'm going to do well at this. Here's these. I'm telling you, they're not that hard. Here's the next. I mean, you've got two of them. Here's the next one. Show me the honey. Mark. I feel like I heard Abe. Okay. All right. Well, it's Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Rod Tidwell. Keep it getting junior. Oscar wins for Abe. Oscar wins for Abe. Yes. Okay. Here's the next one. There's no dying in football. Mark. Mark. So it's Tom Hanks from A League of Their Own. Uh, there's no crying in uh, baseball, mm-hmm. is the quote. 
And uh, I don't know his character name, though. All right. It's Jimmy Dugan, but you get three out of four. Yeah, even even you telling me that answer doesn't even. <laughs> I feel like people know that movie better than I do, so I just assume people might know Jimmy Dugan. Know. Jimmy Dugan. I like the way I like the way that you you switched it up a couple times. You said there's no dying in football. Yeah, I, like I wanted to make him somewhat harder. Okay, here we go. Thanks. Vaya con Dios, baby. Abe. Yep. Hasta <laughs> la vista, baby. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator Two, or yeah, Terminator Two, uh, and his character's name is. Model T101. I, you know, I'll give you extra credit just for going that far, not just say Terminator. <laughs> I was like, what is this character? I was gonna made? mark. I was gonna mark you down for not saying Terminator the full title because it's of course Terminator, Terminator 2, 2 colon Judgment, Judgment Day. Day. Yeah, yeah put the colon in there. Which I almost thought about watching yesterday. But I'll give you the four points. Okay, here's right. the next one. I, I I'm almost thinking I like Via Condios better. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> pretty cool. It's <laughs> actually it has a nice <laughs> ring to it. it. <laughs> here's the next one. Here's Ronnie. Uh, Marcus. Mark. I heard Marcus. I heard Marcus. Uh, okay. It's The Shining. It's Jack Nicholson and or Jack Nichols, Nicholas. Sorry. And yeah. uh, oh Jesus, what is his name? I don't know. Just give me the two points. What's the <laughs> quote, Mark? Marcus. Oh, here's Johnny. Okay, you got three points. <laughs> three points. Yeah. All right. You're on I'll the board. I I know the character. What's the character, Mark? Jack Torrance. Good job. Okay. Come on, man. Here's the next one. <laughs> You're going to need a smaller inner tube. Mark. Um, uh, Mark. So it's, we're going to need a bigger boat, Jaws, uh, Robert Shaw? Mm, incorrect. I couldn't remember who said that. Okay. Oh, the, okay. If anyone has the steel. Hmm. Or else Mark Ray said all the words that are, or Mark Ray said everything that I know. Mark gets two points if no one has the steal for the entire thing. Uh, Richard Dreyfus? No. Okay, it's Richard. <laughs> it's Roy Scheider. Roy. Oh, yeah, two Roy. points for Mark. Okay. Roy Scheider. It's Martin Martin Brody. Oh, okay. Roy. Okay. Here's the next one. You squawking to me? You squawking to me? Marcus. Marcus. Are uh, you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Robert De Niro. Uh, do I have to name the movie? Taxi yes. Taxi Driver? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if I was on a movie yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Taxi Driver, and it's uh, Travis Bickle. There you go. Four points for Marcus. Yeah. I'm a, I, can I leave on a high note? Like, <laughs> Here, Here's the next one. Dallas, we have a situation. Abe. Yeah. Uh, Apollo 13, it's Houston, we have a problem. Um, Tom Hanks. And the character's name is uh, Jim Lovell. Ooh, four points for Abe. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to do these last two because they're kind of fun. Let's uh, do I it. I won't add it up yet, but these are, these are going to be much more difficult. Well, one of them will be, but we'll see. They call me Mr. Flibs. Mark. Yep. So they call me Mr. Tibbs, uh, Sidney Poitier, in the heat of the night. And what's the character name? Um... Uh, Oh. I'll give you a hint. They call him Mr. Oh, yeah, Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> so obviously. Why? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Just had a brain malfunction. Okay, here's the last one. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a thumpy day. Mark. Mm-hmm. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. It's Betty oh. Davis in um, uh, All About Eve, and her name was Margot Channing. Wow, four points on that one. All right. Oh. Is a classic. That's great. 
I was, I was worried if he, I was worried, wondering if you'd get the name too. All right, let me well, add all. Yeah, all I know stuff. those old movies. I'm... I know you do. Okay, here we go. You know, Mark, Mark has put up a good fight. I'll just say for... that. Mark, did Mark, Mark, really? Mark, you, did a, you did a good job. You didn't win. You got, you got last. I mean, let's not put any, let's not, let's not make any excuses here. You got last place, but you did a good job. Participation trophy? Um, with the bonuses, Mark does win. I'll say that. Woo! But, but with the, without those last two, Abe, you would have won. Woo! Wow. So who's the winner? Well, Mark's Mark. the winner. Alright. Congratulations, <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Yes, read. Hey, you yes. know what, guys? You know what, guys? You know what, guys? Everyone's a winner, babe. You know what, guys? Good job. <laughs> the, that's, that's the worst thing you <laughs> could have said. Thing to say to anybody that's in America. The worst thing. How dare you? All right, that was games. Games. Let's, let's move on to uh, Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are movies coming out on Blu-ray and DVD and streaming this week, and we have a number here. Uh, Begin Again. This is the uh, film with Mark Ruffalo and Kieran Knightley. Mark, I believe you were a big fan of it. I like that film a lot. I actually, th- that's another film that just came and went and didn't really get much, uh, you know, acclaim or anything. But I, I thought it was really nice. I liked it. Uh, we have Deliver Us from Evil. This was the July 4th smash because everyone wanted a supernatural horror film on July 4th. I thought it was okay. I, thought, I, I was fine with what it was. I thought, uh, what's his name? You know, what's his name? The old, old what's his name? Eric Bana yeah, was pretty good that. <laughs> old what's his name, yeah. You liked that movie? I thought it was okay. Oh. <laughs> it's no. better than Ouija or Annabelle. It uh, was, like, gross. Like, there was, like, a lot of vomit, I remember. Yeah, that's what happens in ex- exorcism movies. People just vomit. <sighs> they roll. Count me out. <laughs> Are you okay, I will do. <laughs> uh, Wish I Was Here. This is the Zach Braff directed his follow up to Garden State, essentially, um, which I thought was okay. Uh, hey, you guys see Wish I Was Here? Mm-mm. The Zach Braff Kickstarter? No. Right, I awesome. saw the Veronica Mars Kickstarter. There you go. You got one of them. Um, Life of Crime. This was the um, Elmore Leonard adaptation that features characters that were in Jackie Brown as well. Um, another movie I thought it was kind of it just kind of, it kind of it stopped short of its potential based on everything it had but didn't seem to do very well with it. Um, again, I think I'm the only one that saw this movie. <laughs> so, and uh, lastly, I uh, just wanted to point this one out: Nightbreed. This is a Clive Marker film from nine from 1990 and it's getting this like very exclusive director's cut version out on a scream factory this week uh, and i know a lot of horror hounds are excited about this one so i wanted to bring that one to uh, to mind and uh, well i'm sure we'll probably talk about it on the next podcast actually for the horror episodes uh, but with that said uh that's what's out this week let's talk about what's going on next week next week's uh we're going to talk about uh, probably nightcrawler um, I know Birdman is out as well, but it's like slowly spreading. I don't know if Abe's gonna have a chance to see it. Yeah, I was trying to. Or I, I'm, if if I do, we'll definitely. Talk we'll talk about it. it in some way or another yeah, at some point, exactly, whether it's a bonus right. episode or a full episode or not. But Nightcrawler is also a movie worthy of discussion, and it does get wide release next week, so it certainly you know makes sense to talk about it. Um, so yeah, that's a that's on the docket. And um, into you know, let's uh, yeah, that's right, it's on the yeah, docket. Yeah, it reminds me of something from like A Few Good Men. And um, with that being said, uh, last thing here before we wrap up the show, what should people go see in theaters right now? Marcus, what should people go see in theaters right now? Uh, probably Whiplash. Yeah. I was going to say Ouija, but <laughs> I, couldn't even, I couldn't even say it. After all Whiplash. that you've said about it, you're, you're still going yeah. to tell me to go see it. Mark? Um, well, if uh, – what is it? Um, Birdman is available – to you, then I would say go see that. And actually, and if not, then um, I believe St. Vincent is pretty wide right now. Yeah, I'd it, say opened, it opened wider this weekend, yeah. Yeah, those are two very different movies, so I, I can see not necessarily the same person will like both films, but I think they're both good, so. Abe? 
I'd say uh, John Wick. I haven't seen it yet, but from everything everyone has said, I'm probably going to go see it after we record. Well, I have seen it, and I am saying John Wick. <laughs> I definitely yeah. think people should go see that movie. Um, yeah, and uh, with that, I mean, I'd love people to see Dear White People as well, because that's open in somewhat more theaters, but John Wick's available everywhere, and it's nice to see a movie like that that's, you know, quite good um, in mainstream release. So with all that said, I think that's going to do it, Abe. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can uh, find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazit.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me on Twitter, at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, I finally finished Breaking Bad. Yay, I finally finished Breaking Bad. It's a long hashtag. It is. Marcus Robinson, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, moviesmarcus and on Examiner. And Mark Hoban. Uh, you can read more of my reviews on my personal blog, fastfilmreviews.com, all one word. And you can also follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as HHWLED.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our show, along with other shows, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, which is back in full force. The Long Box of Dooms, Half Hour Wasted, other fun shows about comics and movies and fun stuff like that. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, as well as soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. We do have a contest going on still, as well as, you know, you can add your thoughts on Whiplash or any other movies that have recently come out. You can also interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And you have our Tumblr page as well, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. You can follow us there. And lastly, you can follow, you can feel free to leave a voicemail at 972-798-3830. Let us know your thoughts in audio form. And we might We'd be love to, to hear your voices. Yeah. So yeah, Mark, Marcus, thank you both for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Brian. for having me. For sure. We're Thank you. Glad we were able to make this work out. Glad Marcus didn't suffer horribly throughout the games. And, uh, yeah. Me always, too. You know what? <laughs> always good stuff. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's show. So, until next time, so long. And goodbye. I couldn't tell you when the last exorcism part two came out because I feel like it came out at it in March at some point. It could have been this so year. It like could have been three DVD years ago. Release or something. No, it came in theaters. Oh, did it? Okay, right, but, but it's so it's so it's such like a generic thing. It's like I don't like this could have come out any year. <laughs> I probably I probably like yeah, that's probably right. Two thousand fourteen, early summer last week. <laughs> like I was telling you last week, Gabe. I think when I was talking about like that Matt Sarazen movie, Devils Do, was like.
Oh yeah, we that, talked about that. I think that came that oh. came out like this year. I could not tell you if that came out this year, or, like four years ago. It would be the same thing. My counter was like, yeah, not a counter, but my my agreement was just they make a lot of low budget movies these days that are a little bit more horror centric, and I can't. They all blur to me too. Regardless, Whiplash, great, great soundtrack by the way. Love this. Oh, yeah. 